what is the, the most common obstacle or most common challenge that you, you're looking to overcome with guys that hit the center of the face every time? I relate to everybody. You have to be nice to everybody. You have to relate to everybody. And you have to know their tendencies and their quirks. And and, and you just kind of, you know, if you're, if you're reading their body language correctly, you know if the if it's time or if it's you know something that you need to just wait a couple weeks and uh, and let it develop. This is the Fitting Room Podcast. Here's your host, Nate Adelman. And we're back for another episode of the Fitting Room Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Adelman, alongside my man, Dave Neville. Dave, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Fitting Room. Yeah, it's my first virtual uh, fitting room, so I'm excited about this one. Well, uh, you know, we are uh, we we are all set up in our uh, makeshift home studios here, so uh, not exactly the friendly confines of the Callaway um, the P- Callaway Podcast Studio at Callaway Media Productions. Um, but we're going to make do because uh, you know it's a good time uh, right now. You know, the to not as many people playing golf. You know, maybe we can get better through listening about our equipment, and uh, that's why we're here today. I, this is a cool episode. Um, the guys out on the PGA Tour are usually pretty busy guys, and it's hard to get on their calendar because they're either on the road, they're working with players, they're building stu- uh, building clubs for players. So um, we've long been uh, seeking out talking to the guys out on the truck, out on the PGA Tour, and Dave, thanks to your help, you helped us snag one today. Yeah, so Kellen Watson, he's one of our fitters out on the PGA Tour. This guy is one of the top fitters in the entire world, which is pretty awesome and incredible background. You know, he's worked with True Temper. He worked for the PGA Tour. He's worked on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's done putters. He's done woods. I mean, this guy, he knows it all uh, about uh, equipment, so... Like you said, it's hard to pin these guys down. We got a little break, and so we're excited to have Kellen Watson on the show. So if you're listening to this podcast uh, and you would like to uh, also watch this podcast, you can do so on the Callaway Golf YouTube channel. Um, we've got the Zoom setup uh, going, so you can you can check it out if, if that is a preferred way for you to watch it. But, of course, everything we talk about will be easily digestible audio only. Um, uh, and please drop us a line, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on the Cali community. If there are specific topics you'd like us to cover during, uh, I'd say this pre PGA tour season period that we're in right now. Um, uh, you know, Dave, uh, I know you are, you know, sitting at home just waiting to do more podcasts. Yeah, we're waiting to do podcasts. This is a great time for tinkering. I mean, this is a great time to learn about your equipment maybe mess with the equipment. I know you got uh, Adelman Club Works uh, set up over there at, at your house. Yeah, so the, having the workshop downstairs has been a nice way to pass the time. And last week's episode of the Finger Podcast, we covered with Garrett Pond, we covered tinkering gone wrong. So hopefully our mistakes do not become your mistakes. So check out that episode. I think you're also going to like this episode, or at least I hope so. Um, so Dave, what do you say that we get Kellen Watson on the line? Yeah, let's bring him on. So without further ado, let's bring in Kellen Watson, Callaway PGA Tour rep. Kellen, thank you for joining us on the Fitting Room Podcast. Appreciate you having me today. So Kellen, uh, get, for the listeners that, that have not heard your name before, you're a first-time guest here on the Fitting Room. 
talk, walk us through, you know, what your role is with Callaway out on the PGA Tour and what a typical day or week looks like uh, when the tour is uh, in session. So we uh, I, I'm primarily work on fairway woods and hybrids out on the PGA Tour, um, which is, you know, encompasses the whole staff, uh, select kind of guys that I work with mainly uh, throughout the bag, uh, but I try to touch every one of our staffers in a way. Uh, typical work week, which is, uh, I, I mean, that's kind of an interesting uh, word, typical. I think most of the weeks are atypical, but, uh, you know, you know, travel into an event on Sunday uh, prior to the Monday practice rounds, uh, kind of get everybody going with all their soft goods, uh, and then uh, on Monday morning, uh, and then kind of have a, a meeting with the rest of the reps uh, that I work with out on tour to uh, kind of go over the game plan for the week. Uh, uh, you know, there's some stuff from the prior week that we still need to work on, or if there's something that we see during a broadcast of the tournament, uh, the prior week, uh, maybe we'll bring some, some notes up or just have stuff to go, to go off of for a, a Monday, Tuesday kind of fitting process or testing process with some of the staffers. Uh, also we'll kind of, you know, there's some weeks that will uh, kind of pinpoint some targets that are non-staffers that we might want to uh, to get in our product, and that is, uh, you know, that's one of the bigger things is is trying to trying to promote our product with the people that we do not pay. So, uh, you know, it's it's it a, a typical week. Uh, it's tough to say a typical week, but if uh, if there's nothing going on with our staff, then that's a really good week. That means we've already done our jobs to get them in everything that we need them to be in. Uh, uh, so, you know, a, a great week would be no staff work, but uh, kind of pinpointing some targets uh, that are non-staffers to use our product. So. Hey, Kellen, it's, it's Dave uh, here. And the question we get all the time on the, on the forums and the podcasts and all that is how did you get your job? How did you, get to be a, a tour rep out on the PGA tour. It's something a lot of people would want to do. And you kind of have an interesting uh, backstory because you're with us for a while, then you're with the PGA tour and back with us. So walk us through how you got to where you are right now. Well, uh, 2007, I was in a, 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 an assistant pro at a club here in Nashville. Um, one of the reps that's still out on the PGA tour. And I say still out because he's been out there for quite some time. Uh, he was a member at our course. Uh, a job opening came up at the end of 07. Uh, and I was kind of, I don't know if I was done being an assistant pro, but uh, six days a week with the same two people all the time gets a little hairy. So uh, he, gave, he, he kind of bounced this idea off of me and I, I pretty much jumped on it. So uh, the first two years out on the PGA Tour, I drove a uh, an interesting trailer around uh, the country to all these tournaments. Uh, I worked for SST Pure, which is the puring process for, for golf shafts. Uh, and their trailer was kind of like another independent trailer. Uh, so there was Tour Edge Exotics. Uh, I carried a ton of golf ride grips on there. Uh, STX putters, Super Stroke. Back in the day, Super Stroke, when you had to use the, uh, use the uh, Allen key and the, and the, and the screws so for two years, I did, I did all of that on tour. And then uh, in 2000, end of 2009, I was uh, uh, offered an opportunity at True Temper to drive their uh, truck and trailer uh, 
uh, on the PGA tour and do the building and, and, and the repping for them. Uh, so I worked for them 2010 to start of 2013. Uh, and then I was offered a job at Callaway to yet again, drive the truck and trailer, build golf clubs, uh, kind of back and forth from the range to the trailer, you know, building and repping at the same time, kind of getting my, my feet wet on, uh, the repping side of it. Uh, and uh, I worked, uh, drove truck and trailer till 2015. Yes. And then 2016, went to the Corn Ferry Tour with Callaway, did a lot of Odyssey stuff. And then come 2018, I left for, uh, for two years to take a job at the PGA Tour on the Corn Ferry Tour. They have an uh, independent trailer out there that uh, houses most of the... Uh, shaft companies, grip companies, um, and primarily TaylorMade and Ping, uh, who don't have trailers out on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, so a lot of building, uh, a lot of regripping, a lot of lofts and lies for, you know, 156 guys a week. Uh, cause that was, uh, you know, that was their, you know, home away from home. If, if, uh, there was something that needed to be worked on that, uh, none of the representatives from that company were present. So, uh, you get a, just a, a, an array of, of golf clubs, uh, array of grips, array of shafts, you know, it's, uh, pretty much the full gamut on that, on that trailer. Uh, so, you know, there's some guys that were sponsored by Mura and Mura didn't have any representation. So, you know, working on their clubs, kind of giving a different feel for pretty much every OEM, uh, and how they build and, and what their product looks like and, and, and what are the, you know, the intricacies of, uh, of all their equipment. I think it's fair to say that the experience you have, not only on different tours, but with uh, different brands, uh, different product categories, you know, you sit working for True Temper and for OEMs and for everybody. And uh, a, a question I have for you is, you know, you're the Callaway Woods and Hybrid Specialist. So what is it specifically that you see or the, the depth of knowledge you have in those categories that really, uh, I guess, differentiates you from some of the other reps out on the truck? And why are they coming to you to talk, talk prairie woods and hybrids? Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a good question because I, I, I feel like I can, I can kind of check a lot of boxes, even when it comes to wedges and irons and, and, and drivers and, and, and putters as well. So, I mean, the, you know, it, my specialty being in, in, in fairway woods and hybrids, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm, I'm tasked to do. So, you know, statistically and uh, uh, count wise and, and, and all these and the models, especially, uh, I would say that I, I, I have a good understanding of, of, of what we're putting forth, you know, when it comes to the fairway woods and the hybrids uh, to talk, you know, in length about them to, to staffers and non-staffers, I think is, you know, it, it kind of gives me kind of a singular focus. Uh, so, so I can along, along those lines, uh, we've talked a lot about on this show, how difficult the three wood is for tour players to get into a bag. And then once they find one that they like to switch out of it. And we, we use this example a lot, but Henry Stenson is a great example where it, it might take a decade to get a fair, uh, three wood out of, out of their bag. So, Talk, talk to us about the process that you go to and some of the things that you have to keep in mind when trying to get a new player or get a player that, that is either on staff or not on staff into a new three-wood. 
Uh, it, it, it starts simply with kind of like a study, a study of them. So, I mean, like kind of, uh, I don't know what science part of that, maybe anthropology or something, just studying, studying who they are, studying their statistics, studying what they've played in the past, what, uh, what their, uh, what their eye sees, what they feel, you know, what, what shaft are they using in their present three wood and how can we get them into the current three wood? Uh, it's, you know, it, when you're, when you're talking about staffers, you know, it, it seems each year that, you know, we, we add something to our, to our fairway woods that is technologically advanced. So, uh, you know, sometimes we do have to, you know, change a couple things shaft wise, or we have to change weighting internally a little bit differently. Uh, and then you go to the staffers, you know, the first question I always ask them is, do you use this three wood primarily off the tee or do you use it mostly in the fairway? And they can give you kind of a breakdown or kind of a ratio of uh, maybe it's a 50, 50 club, or maybe it's an 80, 20 club or a 70, 30 club. It just depends on the player. Uh, and it depends on the week as well. So uh, usually it's, it kind of starts there. It kind of starts with just a conversation. Uh, and then if we have an idea, we want to go apples to apples with the shaft that they're currently using, you know, then we, then we start on, you know, what, what, what head are we going to use? Are we going to open, you know, a higher lofted club? Are we going to just kind of leave, you know, the three wood as is and kind of a, a neutral face angle position uh, and then just see the starting line of, of, of the shot itself uh, and then kind of get towards where the numbers are. Uh, I think, you know, I think the best part about doing stuff with these guys is the first shot that, that you have with them you know, the first shot that they hit with the fairway wood that gives you the most information. Uh, and that's kind of a, a luxury that we have is that they don't usually make uh, too many bad swings. Um, so, uh, you know, my kind of the process that I use is if, you know, the starting line's good, the first shot's really good uh, and, and spin looks good. And, you know, that's the flight in the window that they want. Uh, I'll usually tell them to take it to the golf course because that's where you're going to get the most knowledge from that, from that fairway wood. Uh, if we, if we just sit there and we hit shots on track band, I don't, it's not really going to tell you as much, uh, because you know, there's, there's swings on the range and, and you hear this during broadcasts all the time is, you know, you have a caddy say to a player, you know, this is your driving range seven iron, you know, maybe in, into the wind off the right, you know, they'll say driving range seven or driving range eight or something like that. So, it, it, it always seems like there's a little bit of a different swing when it comes to, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as opposed to, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, while we're on the range. I got a question about uh, adjustability because we get this question uh, a lot from our, our fitters. It seems like the tour pros gravitate in the fairway wood towards bonded hosel, fixed hosel fairway woods. Is that been the case of what you you've seen? And if so, uh, why, why is that Kellen? Uh, you know, I, I think it might just have to do with historical, you know, historical things with, with each player is that, you know, they've grown up with uh, most of the guys that, you know, that are out there. You know, I don't want to age discriminate at any point or anything, but I mean, most of the guys are used to, you know, a fixed hosel or bonded hosel. Um, so looking at, you know, a, a cog system on a, on a fairway wood is a little bit different. And uh, to them, you know, feel is huge. Uh, and part of that feel is, you know, looking, you know, some guys, 
if you give them a golf club and they look down at it and you know, you get that look and you can see that look in their face. Like they're not, they don't like it too much. You, I, I usually want to take that club away right away. Mm. You know, there's no chance that you're going to hit it. If you don't like the way it looks and there's no reason to, you know, you're going to adjust. Those guys can adjust so quickly. They're going to adjust to what it looks like. And you know, if the results aren't good, then have you lost your shot with, you know, say if it's a non-staffer, have you lost, have you lost your shot with them to get a three wood or, or a hybrid or a driver in the bag. So it's all, you know, that first impression, uh, you know, usually you, in, in our, in our line of work, you judge a book by its cover. Uh, so, so we've had a number of tour pros on the show over the last couple of years, and we always notice varying levels of, uh, how into their equipment they are, whether they like to tinker, whether they want to grip their own clubs, um, whether they're, uh, they like to switch or they like to stick with something that they trust. Um, talk to me about the approach that you take with each, with, with, with different types of players. So if a guy is like really into the specs um, and really into his equipment versus a guy that's like, uh, you know, just if it has a, a head and a shaft, I'll hit it fine. Right. That's, that's, you know, it's, you know, there's each side, it's a double, double edged sword. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, some of these guys will have their own uh, kind of ideas of what's going on. Uh, so, you know, if someone had come up to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about this, uh, obviously you're going to take that into account that, you know, it's not their thinking about it. They actually want to try it. So uh, you're going to, you're going to build club a uh, now, if you have a little bit longer discussion with them and kind of talk things over, you might build club B just to kind of have a backup and, and gain a little bit more information on, on my side of things uh, or on our side of things. You know, there's some, there's some, sometimes when they want to test something that, uh, you know, we might not have as much information about. Uh, there's an, uh, always a good opportunity to build their club A and then build our club B and what we think might work best uh, just to kind of gain a little bit more information for us. Cause you know, to have, to have a lot of, a lot of knowledge in the kind of the data bank for us, it, it, it helps us extremely uh, or immensely uh, just to, you know, because there's the swing types on tour, uh, they kind of go hand in hand. So if you see, if you see something with player A and it could work for player B, who's, who's, you know, relatively close to the, the swing type of, of player A. So it, you always want to, you, you always want to, if they're, if they're adamant about it, you always want to kind of build that club that they want to use. But, uh, you know, if you talk them through it, you might be able to get, uh, you know, a shot at, at building what you think might work as well. Well, um, let's name some names. Um, give me a couple examples uh, of uh, some players that are, uh, you know, one swing and, they've, and they're, they're fit type of, type of players. Give me, give me a few examples of that. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's tough to kind of, uh, you're, you're putting me on the spot here because <laughs> it, it, it's tough to pinpoint because there's, there's some guys that, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a couple different categories of guys I'll say. Um, there's one, there's the guy that'll want to hit it a couple times and you just want to kind of stand back. You know, you don't want to crowd him when he's doing it. You might leave that, you might leave the three wood or five wood or whatever it may be next to his bag while he's going through his session, if he's with his coach or just with his caddy. Uh, I, I tend to do that with some of the non-staffers that I worked with. 
there's a gentleman that used to be on our staff that's no longer on our staff that wears Nike apparel. Uh, I kind of like to leave stuff by his bag uh, if he asks for it, if he doesn't ask for it. Um, Cause I know him, you know, I've known him for a long time. So I like to stand at the back of the range, not even close to where he is. And, you know, I'll, I'll just continue to watch from afar. Uh, I want him to know that I'm there, but I don't want to be in his, you know, in his way of what he's doing. So uh, it's just, it, you know, some guys will want you standing there. They'll hit it a couple times. They'll tell you if there's a bad swing or not. And there's some guys that it's, it's so tough to pinpoint and say names, dude. You've really put me, you've, you've painted me in a corner and He's quite a politician, was, all these guys. I, well, hey, I, you, you, you got to be friends with everybody, essentially. You got to be nice ask, to everyone. I was going to ask the, the next, after the follow-up question to Dave's question, which was, let's, let's hear some names of the guys who no matter how good the numbers are and no matter how good they hit it, they're still not fit yet. They're, they still think there's work to be done. Well, <sighs> Well, that's, and, and that's one of those things too, is just, it, it depends on, it depends on who they are. You know, if the, if you have, if there's a track band crowd and then there's a, 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 a crowd of players that'll know that the best test that you're going to get out of it is, is taking it to the golf course. You know, if it looks slightly spinny on the golf course, then yes, come back and then put it on track, man, see what happens. But they're going to get, they're going to gather their most information uh, on the golf course. So there, there are a couple times where, you know, if the first, if the first shot is amazing, I will just literally turn and walk away off the range because I mean, if I stay there long enough, they're going to hit it bad. You know, that's one of the, it's kind of one of those, those kind of the tour things is if you stand there long enough, they're going to hit it bad and there's going to be something wrong. And you know, when the first shot was great, just go ahead and walk away. Thanks for your time. If you need anything else, (laughs) let me know. We we Nate we tried to get him to name names, but he wouldn't do it. But let's it's, let's talk about something that we can talk about. Let's talk about uh, Maverick and the the reception uh, of the Maverick Fairway Woods drivers, um, the entire line out there. I know we were definitely clipped uh, short on the on the season, and that's got a lot of people um, bummed. But it seemed like the Maverick had a had a ton of momentum out there. Can you talk a little bit about that, Kellen? Yeah, we did. We, you know, it's, it's been amazing so far. Um, and I say so far because I'm, I, I have hope that we're going to at some point get back to uh, some kind of normal schedule and, and normal life. But uh, so far, you know, there's been it, the rave reviews, the, the talk from, from player to player, uh, even from non-staffer to non-staffer, a um, couple big names that are in the driver that, that aren't on our staff. So, um, I mean, that kind of lends credibility to what we're, what we're doing right away. You know, we're not paying these guys, but they're playing our product. That's, you know, that's instant credibility. And that, uh, and that talk kind of filters through the locker room. So, uh, fairway woods too, uh, uh, you know, a couple non-staffers in our, in, in the fairway woods as well. And, uh, you know, it just, every year, it's just a, a, a new, you know, it's in, something new to be excited about. And, and I think this line is, this line is quite versatile when it comes to uh, all three fairway woods uh, that we primarily use out on tour. Uh, and again, most of them are kind of fixed hosled and, and bonded. So we have the adjustability and bending some of that stuff as well. Um, but uh, uh, we, we've had great success with, you know, the standard, the sub zero and the max. So uh, 
yeah, going forward, hopefully going forward, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, some of these guys that we've seated, you know, fairway woods and drivers too, that, that are not on our staff, will have pl- plenty of time to, to work into them. Uh, and, uh, if we yeah. need to send any more out, you know, I, I think we're in the process of, uh, of being able to do some stuff, uh, very soon. Now, uh, with fittings for, I'd say the, the typical amateur, uh, the, uh, one of the biggest challenges of the fitting process is having the guy hit that club consistently so you can get meaningful data. That is not a challenge for you with the players that you're working with. What is the, the most common obstacle or most common challenge that you, you're looking to overcome with guys that hit the center of the face every time? Uh, it, it's just, you know, may, maybe familiarity, you know, you know, some of the, some of the times that, that's kind of, kind of a tough question to answer too, but I mean, there's, getting, getting all the information right the first time, you know, giving, getting that first shot at it. Uh, that's, you know, that, that would be one of the, the challenges too. You need to, you know, it, depending on, on the player too, you know, they might only give you one shot. So, you know, got to put your best foot forward right away. Um, and then some of the other guys, it's just, it, it might just come down to, it's, it's, it's a complicated process because you got to know, what kind of state of mind that person is in that week. So if you do have a shot with a player, you know, is it, you know, if you see them Monday before her nine o'clock on the range with their coach, not a good week. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, you thought you were going to have a good shot at it, but you see the coach there, you see him standing there, you see him pounding balls, pounding balls, pounding balls. You know, you need to just, you know, throw it in the locker let it go as, as, as Tim likes to say, you just got to let it develop. Uh, and, and, and you're going to get your shot. You might get your shot. You might not get your shot, but you just kind of have to let it develop sometimes. That's one of the biggest challenges. Sounds and then, like psychology is almost a, a more important part of your job than the actual technical fitting process that you have to work with the guy. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's part of it. You got to, you have to treat everybody differently. I mean, I mean, there's not, it's, it's, you know, lack of a better term, it's just kind of snowflakes. There's, you, you know, not any of these guys are exactly the same. Um, so it's, it, you really need to treat each one of them in a different way. And, you know, that kind of goes back to what you were saying before with the, you know, the guys that are technical and then the guys that are just there to swing golf clubs. Um, I, I relate to both of them. I relate to everybody. You have to be nice to everybody. You have to relate to everybody and you have to know their tendencies and their quirks and, and, and you just kind of, you know, if you're, if you're reading their body language correctly, you know, if the, if it's time or if it's, you know, something that you need to just wait a couple of weeks and, uh, and let it develop quote unquote. Hey, Kellen, you're also the, uh, besides the woods guy, you're also the hybrids guy out there. And we get questions a lot about why do the tour players, you know, not play as many hybrids as the regular amateurs what kind of goes into that? Is it, is it CG? Is it left, right bias? Are they playing utility clubs? Just talk about the, the status of the hybrid out on the, the PGA tour. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, there's still some, there's still some players that'll play a hybrid. There's uh, it's one of those, 
it's kind of a trendy kind of thing. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years, it, they kind of come back in a way that they were prevalent, you know, let's say three, four years ago, where, where it seemed like there was a lot of hybrids in, in everybody's bag. Uh, the introduction of this utility iron from pretty much every company has, you know, kind of stalled the, the hybrid. Uh, I'm not, I can't find the word, but you know, it's kind of, it's kind of stalled out a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, some of the slower swing speed guys, the guys looking for launch, the guys looking for, you know, a decent land angle for some of these greens that they play on. Uh, they're still kind of prevalent. Um, but you know, the utility iron really has taken over, uh, on tour. Uh, and to that, to that too, is the seven wood is actually made quite a resurgence. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I, I, I like a seven wood. Now, you know, some guys like the, you know, it's it, a hybrid fits both guys, essentially, you know, it's uh, obviously why it's called a hybrid, but some guys do like more of the wood look than they do than, you know, an iron look. So, uh, I've been playing the seven wood since 2012, I believe. So I've been on that train for, for a long time, easy to hit high launch, spins a lot, stay straight. Uh, other than the turf interaction, there's not a whole lot of downsides. In my opinion, I guess if you're super spinny, uh, it could be too spinny, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, big proponent of the seven wood. I'm glad to see that it's catching on. Dave, I'm going to try one more time. Okay. Tell it, please share with us one guy that you really like working with really positive. What it doesn't have to be the only guy, but just you've got to be able to love working with on our staff, on our staff. Uh, gosh, who isn't the greatest, uh, Leishman, (laughs) Xander, I mean, you just keep going down the line. Brian Stewart, love Brian Stewart. Chris Stroud, uh, keep going. Matt Every. I mean, we go, I can go down the whole list. Um, <laughs> everybody on our staff is amazing, and I do. I, I, I like I said before, you got to treat them in different ways. You got to you got to know their personality. Um, so it's you know, all of our guys are really really good. Uh, I think Kellen Watson twenty twenty might be on the ballot. Very, <laughs> no thanks. Very, very diplomatic. He's yeah, a well, smooth operator. Hey, you gotta have t- <laughs> in this business. You have to have a little tact. So, um, yeah, no, all of our guys. Uh, you know, some of them some of them are a little bit different than others, but uh, uh, you know, all of our guys are really good. And 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 there's some guys that are just it's just machines. They're just machines. It's just like every shot is, you know, like I, I you know I remember back in 2016 when I was still out on the corn Ferry tour and, and JJ spawn was out there and he was with Nike at the time. And I always watched, I always loved watching him, him hit balls because it was literally, it just left, it, it left the face about a yard left of the target and fell right on the target, you know, and now I get to work with them, you know, full time and, you know, just a pure ball striker. So, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, some of these guys are incredible to watch. Uh, they, uh, too many, too many people to, to name. Um, and you're trying to, you still trying to paint me in a corner and say something I don't want to say. Man, we know, Nate, that uh, pretty much all of our tour players listen to the Fitting Room podcast. We know at least Francesco Molinari subscribes to the Fitting Room podcast uh, and the Callaway, uh, our main Callaway podcast um, as well. So, you know, Kellen's got to watch himself. 
out there. Well, Francesco, I haven't I haven't had too many interactions with Francesco yet. Uh, I, you know, Mexico. I went down to Mexico by myself. Uh, had a little bit of help from one of our Latin American uh, outside sales reps. Uh, but you know, I, I'm usually just the guy that when it comes to Monday morning, just try to find everybody, say hello, let them know that I'm there and, you know, stand back, let them do their work. And, uh, if they need anything I'm there. So I don't like to get too, too in depth with all these guys, uh, unless they really, really need something. Kellen, last question for you. And then we'll let you go. Um, uh, a regular coach on the fitting room, Garrett Pond, we've, we've talked with him because he's built a lot of clubs that end up out on tour. And he talks about, you know, how many tournament wins his clubs have had and her, how many majors a club he's built wins. Like, uh, talk to us about, you know, how big's your trophy case of clubs you've built? I, well, I don't I, – I, to be honest with you, I have no idea. I have no idea. I really don't. I don't I, – I mean, I, I, I think of myself as just a small piece of the pie. You know, I'm very small sliver. I don't, I'm not swinging the golf clubs. I'm not under the pressure. I'm under the pressure to build the golf clubs sometimes but I'm not on the, under the pressure on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to, to hit these shots, recover from these crazy places, make these putts. I, I, I really, all the, all of that goes to those guys. I, I, you know, we can provide them with what we think is the best equipment and, and we do that on a week to week basis, but I, I, you, I'd have to, I'd have to go through, that's 13 years, right? When is 2008? Yeah. 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 13 years. And that's, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but that's totally different because the mental state of, of myself and my wife right now is, uh, it's, whew. let's just say this is a very nice uh, reprieve from uh, whatever there's happening outside of my door right now in my office. Well, you heard it here first. No ego on Kellen Watson, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, Kellen, thank you for all the time and energy you put into working with the Callaway staff getting them ready to go every single, every single Thursday, ready to go for the tournament. We're hopeful that you'll be back out there soon. Uh, we want to give Maverick some time in the sun. You know, the, the, that product's been great. Um, I think there's a, there, it'll be exciting back half of the year, uh, I think, as all, all sports come back. So, Kellen, thank you for taking the time to enlighten us about, uh, you know, your day-to-day -day life out there on tour. Um, and I uh, I think it's safe to say that all the tour players, uh, uh, they know now if they didn't before that they can trust you with, with any secrets. So you're not spilling anything. No, I'm not spilling it. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I will say, that, yeah, no, I probably do have a little bit of an ego, but because uh, Johnny and Jacob and Simon, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll let you know that I, I hate being wrong. And I hate telling people that I, that I made a mistake. So yeah, that's part of my ego and, and, okay. and my OCD nature. So it's uh, yeah, I still have problems. Don't worry. There you go. Well, uh, Dave, thank you for, thank you for joining us again here on the fitting room. Uh, Kellen, thank you again. Um, as a reminder, uh, uh, later in, in a couple weeks time, we'll be back on Sirius XM PJ tour radio in our normal 5 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time slot. Um, in the meantime, you can always get us on the Cali community, calligolf.com/community. Head over to the fitting corner thread. Uh, myself, Dave, Garrett, John, the whole team is on there, uh, pretty regularly answering your questions. The best questions get brought onto uh, the podcast and then later on onto the live show as well. And of course, 
callawaygolf.com slash custom fitting for all of uh, our fitting tools that can be a great place to start your journey. Uh, This episode of the Fitting Room Podcast was produced by Jen Turk and Tyler Sheehan. We'll be back next week with more from the Fitting Room.